Pop Health Podcast is a public service of 24-hour home care. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Pop Health Podcast. This is Gavin Ward, host of Pop Health Podcast. In today's episode, I sat down with Larry Nysenson. Well, technically sat down. I guess uh, he's on the East Coast. I'm on the West Coast. And Larry is with Genworth, where he serves as Senior Vice President and Chief Commercial Officer. In today's episode, we're going to talk about something that CareScout, a Genworth-affiliated organization, is rolling out to employers to take care of their employees as they care for their aging loved ones. And that is CareScout's Caregiver Support Services Program, which can be free to employees who might be stuck in caring for an aging adult while also trying to work. Larry talks about the benefits of this new program through CareScout, which has over 20 years of experience and a network of over 100,000 healthcare professionals to help employees deal with caring for an aging loved one while also dealing with the burdens of the workplace. We hope you enjoyed today's episode where you learn a little bit about Larry on the personal side and also, of course, on the professional side as well. You can learn more about Pop Health Podcast by visiting pophealthpodcast.com and checking out episodes now on our new YouTube channel where you can see videos. But via audio, you can find us on Apple Music, Stitcher, Spotify, and of course, pophealthpodcast.com as well. Thanks, everybody. Enjoy the show. So, Larry, thanks for joining the show. Uh, where are you today? Uh, I am in uh, Princeton, New Jersey, sitting in my living room, like everybody else, working from home in this uh, crazy remote world that we're in, Gavin. Yeah, it's uh, it's fun times. So, before we get into the kind of the meat and potatoes of who Genworth is, and more importantly, uh, the Care Scout line of business, tell us a little bit about yourself. Maybe something that might surprise some folks outside of the workplace. So uh, there's two things that I will uh, that I'll share with you. The first is um, that I was a restaurateur uh, early in my life. I worked my way through college, bought a re- at a restaurant as a waiter, and then a line cook, and then the, a head cook, and had this crazy idea when I got out of uh, school after having paid for a degree that why. Why not buy the restaurant? So I bought a restaurant and uh, was a restaurant tour for the better part of seven years. And I will tell you that 25 years after having sold it, I, I long for it almost every day. It was probably the greatest, uh, the, the greatest time of uh, my work life. It's, and I love what I do now, but I loved working with people, meeting customers. It was just, it was awesome. My wife didn't love it so much, but I loved it. Well, hopefully you do some cooking for her and the family. I, I do, and and she accuses me often of buying uh, another restaurant one piece of equipment at a time. And <laughs> I have, uh, uh, if you were at my house, you'd see I've got a smoker, I've got a dehydrator, I've got a commercial oven, we've got a whole bunch of stuff, and I, I love it all. The, the second thing is uh, I'm one of the few people who could say that I've been to all 50 states uh, in this crazy work life that I have of traveling between 100 and 150,000 miles a year. I've been to all 50 states uh, and even had the pleasure of driving cross country twice along the way. So, Wow. What was uh, maybe one of the most unique spots you've been to? So um, it's funny because there's actually a commercial on this now, but I, uh, I drove two hours out of my way on my last trip across uh, to see the largest ball of string in the world. Oh yeah, uh, it is. Uh, it's it was fantastic, and I pulled into town about six thirty in the morning. I stopped by a coffee shop and said, "Hey, you know, um, grab some breakfast. What time does uh, the big ball of string open up?" And the guy looked at me. He's like, "Sir, it's out in the middle of a park." 
it doesn't open up. Drive by it whenever you'd like. And I was like, oh, I just expected it to be so much more. You know what I mean? But it was for sure unique. And it was just uh, Americana at its best, if you will. That is that is pretty neat. Um, so before we get into what we're really here to talk about, which is the caregiving dilemma here in the United States and how your organization is addressing that, would you mind giving the audience uh, who are mostly healthcare professionals, they probably heard of long-term care insurance, and we're not here to talk about long-term care insurance on the episode, but you're part of Genworth. So maybe before we get into Genworth and CareScout, what is long-term care insurance? And maybe what is a, like a myth or something that people get it wrong? Sure. No, and I appreciate that. Long-term, it's interesting. Long-term care insurance has been around for the better part of 40 or 50 years. And um, there are a ton of misconceptions, but to your point, let's start with what it is, right? Before we talk about what's misunderstood. Uh, Long-term care insurance really is there to help a person while they're alive and they can't perform two of the six activities of daily living, right? And those six main activities of daily living include uh, bathing, dressing, feeding themselves, transitioning. Can they toilet themselves? Are they uh, incontinent or can they, uh, are their bowels in okay shape? And so when you're, when you reach a point in your life that you can't perform two of the six of those, long-term care insurance steps in to provide you the funding whether you want to stay at home, which is what most people start with, go into an assisted living facility, or ultimately go into a more of a formalized nursing uh, home facility, long-term care insurance steps in to help you pay the benefits and defer some of those costs. So it's a policy that pays only really while you're alive, unlike life insurance that might kick in after you've passed away and for your beneficiaries. Long-term care insurance is really meant to be there for you to help you pay uh, for those costs. Okay, great. Thank you for the explanation. And maybe how about a myth or a common misperception about long-term care insurance? Yeah, so I'm going to give you four quick ones because they're the four main ones. The first is people think that their health insurance covers long-term care. And that's quasi-true. And it's true in the sense that your health insurance will pick up the medical costs that might be attributed to long-term care. But if you need somebody to help you get out of bed and you need to bring in non-skilled workers or you need to do a modification to your home, you have to put in a, a, a new shower, let's say, or grab bars, your health insurance wouldn't pay for that. That's where long-term care policies come in. The second one is the idea that people want their families or their families will take care of them. And that's also true. As a matter of fact, um, when we look at the long-term care uh, statistics and we look at caregivers, there's 34 million unpaid family caregivers here in the United States. The question is, how many of them are doing it because they want to yeah. versus they have to, right? The third one, um, real, very quickly, is long-term care is too expensive to buy, right? And that's also sort of true, but not really true. If you are looking for it, to pay the entirety of your bill as healthcare costs rise, right? That's true. It is prohibitively expensive. Some people can afford it and some can't. But this is one of those instances where even if you put something in place, Gavin, just a, a smaller policy, whatever you can afford, will still help defer what those costs are um, down the road. Those are probably uh, the three uh, largest one. And then the fourth one, the, the broadest one is that I won't need long-term care insurance. It's not going to impact me. 
Uh, and truth is, again, statistically, seven out of 10 people over the age of 65 will have a long-term care event and not be able to do two of those six activities of daily living that we talked about. So they're going to need to plan for it. And if you don't plan for it, you're going to hopefully be able to enlist somebody who can help. Awesome. Thanks for the overview. And of course. folks, uh, we're going to talk about the Care Scout component of GenWorth today. But Larry, you don't just lead the Care Scout component of GenWorth. Tell us kind of briefly about your overall responsibility at GenWorth. Oh, sure. Thanks, Gavin. I, uh, I'm the chief commercial officer for all of GenWorth's U.S. life operations. Um, so I have the pleasure of overseeing our sales, distribution, new product, and new business areas across our long-term care insurance, our life insurance platforms, our annuity platforms. Uh, the folks that I get to work with every day are out there trying to create new and exciting products to address whether it's the pandemic that's hitting or whether it's just the long-term nature of healthcare in the U.S., trying to understand what consumers need and how can we help them solve for the, the financing of aging, which is really what our mission is. Great. Thanks, Larry. And audience, one thing that I found really helpful that uh, Genworth produces every year is the cost of care survey. Uh, Genworth processes thousands and thousands of claims, so they're able to aggregate data and figure out kind of what are the average and median costs for things like caregiving or skilled nursing or senior living. And it's been a great tool for me as a professional um, in my day job. And I want to encourage you folks, uh, you can Google cost of care survey and you should be able to find it. They put it out every year. Am I missing anything there? Uh, no, no, you actually said it perfectly. And um, that, that proprietary research is actually done by our Care Scout company um, because they're already working with claimants and they understand all of the costs associated. And so it's a great it's a great survey. It is an unbiased look at the cost of long-term care facilities, assisted living facilities, and in-home care across all 50 states, uh, and even broken down in the geography. So clearly, Northern California would have a different costing than what Orange County might have, as an example. And this breaks the state up, and so you can really take a look at your own geography. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that, that's great information. And so let's go ahead and jump into Care Scout. Uh, can you briefly share what is Care Scout? What are the services? And let's jump into the caregiver crisis as well. Absolutely. So Care Scout is uh, is a company that's been around for well over twenty years. Uh, Genworth bought them almost a decade ago, and they are their mission, which is incredibly simple, and it's been what they've honored since the day they opened their door, is really to provide case management support for caregivers and their loved ones. Right? They. Uh, they want to give them and arm them with enough information to make the most informed choices when caregivers need to go out and make decisions around their loved ones. As we know, caregivers themselves, you know, you as a parent, you have nine months to plan for a baby, right? Um, as caregivers, most people find themselves receiving that phone call that says something just happened to your loved one we were given your number and you've got to now plan and figure out what to do. Most people go into caregiving unaware, inexperienced and not knowing what to do first. Care Scout's mission is to really provide some clarity and direction for those folks. So um, they do, they work with all of our long-term care policyholders. We have well over a million policyholders. We're the largest writer of long-term care. 
And the service that they provide is, um, as I said, in, in a general sense, to bring some clarity. But when you sort of get a little granular, what does that actually mean, right? Yeah. So um, it could be anything from the most general questions, which um, many of us have faced, myself included. Um, my parents are getting a little older. I need to have a conversation with them about driving. I need to talk to them about taking the keys, which sounds like a, such a simple thing, but it isn't. Oh, no. Right? Yeah. You're talking about taking the freedom away. How do you start those conversations? So we have a library of well over 50,000 pieces of information, some of which we've written, some of which we've aggregated. And so we have a learning library available through CareScout. We have an 800 number where somebody says, look, I've just found out I'm a caregiver. I don't even know where to begin. I was just given your number. What do I do? And we'll help them answer whatever the emergent issue is. You need to find a facility. You need a nursing home. You need to find a rehab. Maybe somebody fell and broke a hip. And you say, well, they're in the hospital now, but I've got three or four days to find a facility. Can you help? We have a network, because we've been doing this for so long, we have a network of well over 100,000 professionals throughout all 50 states. That network includes facilities, therapists, licensed social workers, nurses, general contractors, plumbers, electricians, attorneys, and we go to work. That person who they pick up a phone and speak to is a licensed clinician. They say, okay, let's diagnose what you need. Maybe you need a facility. Maybe you need to find somebody to bring uh, in, right, to get to provide unskilled or skilled nursing care. They do all of the groundwork. Think of them as doing all of the Googling, yeah. right? except they're only, all they do is that all day. So the experience that they bring to it is incredible. And then they turn around and they say to you, Gavin, great news. Here's the report we're going to send out to you. Let us walk you through what we found. We've strung together a network. This is what you called us for. This is what we were able to find. We pre-negotiate the pricing because yeah. we're a volume buyer and we've, paid so many claims, we know what something should cost. We do all of that negotiation for clients um, at CareScout. And then we, um, we deliver that report and work with the, the caregiver to make sure that they understand what's going on. And then the final service that I'd mentioned, which in the pre-COVID world and in the post-COVID world, right, let's be optimistic that we're going to get to that point soon yes. enough, is probably the most unique service. Um, and that's that we uh, often will hear from a caregiver something that goes like this. You know, I don't know what's wrong with my mom. I don't know what's wrong with my dad. I can't really describe it. They just seem off. Or they're in a facility, but I'm not sure it's the right facility. Well, telemedicine is really good at some things, but what it's not great at is putting physical eyes on your loved one. And one of the services that CareScout provides and has been since its inception is sending registered nurse, nurses, licensed social workers, and other healthcare professionals out to meet the care recipients. We yeah. meet them in the place that they are. We do an assessment of them. Maybe it's cognitive. Maybe it's about their physical space. But either way, we put eyes on your loved one and we come back with a full report. And often what it will say, Gavin, is, hey, you asked us to go out and we noticed, you know, you asked us to go out and test their cognitive skills. The great news is they're as, as cognitively aware as any 85-year-old is, but 
while we were there, we noticed that you have three tripping hazards. You've got a rug and two sharp tables that really should be moved, right? Or your mom is using a cane. I think she needs to progress to something, um, some other piece of medical equipment, whether it's a walker or something else. So we look at secondary and tertiary things that you might not have noticed, but because this is what we do for a living, um, we get to really dig deeply into those services. And then we share that with the caregiver. All, all of this, by the way, um, is included in their long-term care policy if they happen to be a Genworth long-term care policy holder. Uh, and yeah. if they're not, it's in the new service that we're bringing uh, out to market. And it's an amazing, uh, the number of calls we get from caregivers who say, I, I don't know what I would have done without you. There was no way I could have figured this out. Yeah. So I was going to ask you, um, you know, I've actually known Care Scout um, probably for 18 years um, since I started in, in home care, which is my day job. And, uh, you know, I, I've seen it, you know, provide resources, but it sounds like you guys are going a lot deeper. So tell us about this new service that companies may be able to leverage for their employees. So uh, we about a year, uh, maybe about a year and a half ago. I got a call from uh, one of our employer. We, so we sell group long-term care insurance as one of the product sets that we sell. Uh, and um, one of the employers called me and we were just chatting and he said, I'm just, I'm in the middle of this dilemma. We've got some folks who are caregivers. We don't know what to do with it. And I said, oh my gosh, we do a, a complimentary um, study to cost of care called Beyond Dollars. Okay. And Beyond Dollars is... Uh, really aimed at what we would describe as the lost productivity of employers, right? We happen to know that there are between 35 and 40 million unpaid caregivers in the workforce today. It's virtually 10 to 12% of the population in the U.S. Are, are unpaid caregivers. And just intuitively, you know, right, that those folks um, are on the job doing their day job, but also taking care of loved ones. And there's a lost productivity component to this. Right. And so that lost productivity aggregated uh, comes out to about $25 billion a year in U.S. lost pro production from employee absenteeism, zombieism, um, a whole host of uh, what I would say inefficiencies in the system. And so when this gentleman called me, he said, I don't know what to do. I said, well, let me talk to you about this study. And I sent it over to him. He said, it's great. You helped me diagnose a problem, but I don't need a problem that doesn't have a solution. Exactly. What's yeah. the solution for it? And I said, you know what? It's a great point. And um, what if we could do this? And I described for him what our Care Scout company does in the three services that I just, put, that I just described uh, to you and your listeners. I said, would you be interested in something if we were to offer that to all of your employers employees? And he said to me, it's the most unique thing I've heard, uh, and we would love it because it would provide for us a level of support that we haven't been able to provide. And so that was about a little over a year ago that we conceptualized it and are just bringing to market now um, this idea of the Care Scout Employer Support Services. It is a model where the employer pays the fee for the employees. We, when we bring it out to a company, all employees are enrolled in it. Okay. And everything that I just described, once an employer says yes, 
all of those services come free to the employees. There's no upsell. There's no point where they hit it and we say, well, if you want us to come to your house, you know, you've got to pay us a couple of hundred dollars. It's all free and it's unlimited, right? So when we find an employer who is interested and we've had many who are, um, what we say to them is we are going to reduce and remove the burden of finding care solutions for your employees. We don't do the care, right? We're, we're not going to go out and pay for the care for them, but we are going to do all of the legwork, all of the homework, and we're going to instill in them a level of confidence and stress reduction because we are the experts in this. Yeah, that sounds great. So uh, a lot of people listening might be like, hey, you know, that, that'd be cool to have that at my company. Uh, nice to hear that. So I would guess the majority of our listeners are more on the employee versus the owner of the company. There's owners on listening as well. Um, for the decision makers that are listening today, cost is always the question. And I know each employer might be different and there's different costs, but is this something where like it's a per employee per month cost? Is that how it works? That's exactly that's exactly how it works, and it's okay. and it's based on the number of uh, full time employees that you have. Okay. Right, and um, the cost is nominal. It's a couple of dollars a month per employee. Okay. And um, what what we've heard, so we know that per thousand employees, again, this is based on our study um, beyond dollars per one thousand employees. So do the math at the size of your company. The actual hard cost of lost productivity is about $1.8 million per year per thousand employees. So if I told you that the cost, I'm sorry, say it one more time, Kevin. Sorry to cut you off there. Uh, no. because of the caregiver crisis. Or Correct. That's, ex that's exactly right. Right. And so when we look at sort of a cost benefit analysis, you say, if it was going to cost me, if I was going to save a million eight a year in productivity, what would you pay? For those same thousand employees, in our case, the cost is somewhere between twenty-five and thirty thousand dollars a year to ensure and get the services for those thousand employees, and the offset is potentially millions of dollars of productivity gain. So we think that the ROI from the employer standpoint, and we meet with when we meet with a company, we generally meet with the benefits manager okay. and the CFO, and we try and have this conversation together to really get at the cost benefit. Um, and we've not had any company say to us, those numbers don't make sense to us. They've all, first of all, it's, it's palpable. They feel the lost productivity. Yeah. They just haven't had a way to solve for it in the past. Yeah, definitely. So is the services that CareScout offers only for older adults? Like, is it for care just for older adults? Or could it be for someone like uh, another family member that may be middle-aged or... I know the focus is probably on older adults, but yeah. So um, it's a great question. And we, we are predominantly in the older age um, caregiving. So our expertise is really focused in a, what I would describe as adult caregiving. So okay. if it was somebody who were middle-aged uh, or older, for sure, this is a great fit. Where, we, um, where everybody has to know their limitations, what we are not um, set up for and really shy away from or when we're talking about pediatric issues, special care cases, that's not our bailiwick at all. And, and while we know that's an incredibly important field, we also know that that requires a level of expertise that we don't have. But as we talk about adult care, um, 
if it's centered around, again, sort of the activities of daily living and the challenges for those, we certainly can fit in. And when we talk to employers, by the way, this isn't about the, the employee's immediate family. If you were an employee of a company that offered our service, whoever you're providing care for, maybe it's a neighbor, maybe, maybe it's an aunt who's in a, you know, in a distance, she's 500 miles away from you and you're providing some version of care. Whoever it is that the employee is caring for, those are the folks we want to help. So there's no limitation on whether it's a parent or a close family member at all. Awesome. Very helpful. So um, you referenced an AARP study uh, or, or the, the data I've seen from Care Scout has referenced a recent yes. AARP study where uh, about half employees who are caregiving are scared to bring it up to the employer. And I can kind of guess why, but can you, would you mind sharing like what you've seen or what, what you found, why they're fearful of telling their employer, hey, just so you know, like I have these issues at home that I'm working on. It's fascinating to me and it's absolutely real. I mean, the, the statistics around the number of caregivers, the impact on caregivers and what they do with that information or don't do to your point um, really is fascinating. At least half of the caregivers out there at least half of them have have not shared with their company that they are caregivers and the main reason that we hear is that they are afraid to be be sort of viewed as a non-committed employee right yeah. that they're afraid their employer is going to say well they've got other responsibilities they're a, they're a clock puncher right they're going to leave at 501 they're going to do something else and in a world um, Certainly where um, we are today in particular, where employers are making really hard choices, right? Yeah. They're making hard choices about work from home. They're making hard choices about, am I coming back fully? Am I evaluating employees? Do I need two people? Can I do with one person? Do I need a whole department? The caregivers are afraid that if they put their hand up and say anything about them being special in that way, that employers are going to frown upon that. And I have to tell you, Gavin, our experience is quite the contrary. Uh, yeah. When we talk to employers, what they say to us is, we find caregivers to be amongst the most empathetic, first of all, right? The empathy level is through the roof. Yes. And no longer do we live in a world where companies want robot employees who just come to work and do their job and go home and are functional. The interpersonal aspect of what we do um, requires people to have high uh, EQ. It requires them to have a high empathy level and caregivers certainly are, are that. It requires employees to be able to multitask and perform at a high level in doing multitask. Well, caregivers have been living that their entire caregiving life where they've balanced a whole host of things, young families, old, older family members, caregiving responsibilities, job responsibilities. So they certainly fit the mold there. And in this world we live in today, right? They can function autonomously, which is really a third component of care of what caregivers bring. That they're used to working at odd hours at times autonomously. They can be great team players, but they're also work used to working and getting the job done. And while there has been this sort of what I would describe residual fear amongst caregivers, I must tell you that employers are searching them out. They, they say to us, as an example, when we talk about this service, 
we understand what you're saying and we're not disputing the statistics, Larry. The issue is we don't know who those caregivers are. So yeah. it's hard for us to reach directly out and say to them, is this a service we could provide for you? Yeah, no, I, I, I think it's great. And um, I have to admit that I've been a fearful employee uh, in the past. Um, my dad, you know, I'm, I'm your example, uh, adult son of a client receiving care. My dad recently passed away and I was like, man, I need to help my mom because she's overwhelmed and I need to be a caregiver as well. And, but I might have to adjust my schedule and what are they going to think? So like, but once they heard a lot of support, but I still had that fear because of our culture and our society. Right. So, so first of all, I'm sorry to hear your, about your dad's passing. My Thank condolences. You. And um, it, it's, it is ingrained in us, isn't it? Right? It's ingrained that you've got to give 100% to the job. You've got to be the go-to person. But nowhere in that is the undertone that says you've got to really be a good caregiver, a good spouse, a good partner, a good parent. And that makes you a better employee that yes, makes sir. you more valuable. And those are the lessons that we've really got to get out there. There are, as I said, there's lots of statistics and I don't want to bore, um, I don't want to bore you with all of the statistics, but just to sort of size it over 70% of the employees that we've surveyed over time have reported that they have caregiving responsibilities of some sort. So, for caregivers, you know, many of them feel like they're on an island. They're somewhat isolated, that this is their unique problem. And it's not true. Again, over 70% of the people report to having done some. And ultimately, and this is really the, the statistic that, that really hurts the most, is that 39% or 40% of the caregivers ultimately leave their job. Yeah. They leave their job because they feel like they have to make this sort of binary choice. Am I a caregiver or am I going to work? And they don't bring to the employer the situation and say, I love my career. I love what I do, but I've got this balancing act. And oh, by the way, if they would, most employers report that they would love to find a way to strike that balance and give them both what they need personally and what they do so well professionally. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's well said. Um, so that's pretty much it on my end. Is there anything, Larry, that you haven't shared yet about CareScout that you think folks should know? And actually, before we get there, uh, for employees, employers, again, most of our audience is healthcare professionals. If they want to learn more about Genworth or this CareScout service that's new, how do they kind of dig in and learn more? So um, you can go to genworth.com, G-E-N-W-O-R-T-H.com. And on there, we have, by the way, uh, you can find the cost of care beyond dollars and, and some of the other. Uh, we just came out with a COVID, uh, an updated sort of COVID-19 study that looks at what do we believe is changing? What are some of the permanent changes we expect? You can find all of that at genworth.com. Um, feel free. You can go to carescout.com if you want to learn more about CareScout's uh, business and what they do. Uh, you're more than welcome to email me uh, directly and uh, I can help you find some of that. My email is uh, Larry, L-A-R-R-Y dot Nysonson, N-I-S-E-N-S-O-N at genworth.com. 
Uh, and I know as crazy as that sounds, I answer every email that I get. It doesn't go to a general box. It goes right to me and I answer every one of them. Here's, here's my last parting words I, um, I would share with your uh, podcast listeners. Um, I know that, that many or most are, are healthcare professionals and some of them may be caregivers, but all of them interact with caregivers. Yes, sir. Um, I, I, I happen to think it is a little bit missionary work that we're doing in saying that caregiving might be the most important responsibility there is, period. Our support of caregivers, our support of, from Genworth, of the caregiving professionals such as yourself and your podcast listeners, our view of what is the most important thing is that we help caregivers and the professionals that support them figure out how in this growing world of caregiving, meaning there will be more caregivers. That number of 40 million is going to go to 50 million. It's going to go to 70 million over the next couple of decades. We must meet that challenge. And at Genworth, we're here to meet it. And I just wanted to say to your listeners, thank you so much for what you do. What you do is providing an incredible service to folks who are our most vulnerable and are looking and longing for more information. If there's anything we can do, please reach out. But you have our heartfelt thanks for everything that you guys are doing. And Gavin, to you as well, thank you for hosting me and for the work you're doing on this. Awesome. Awesome, Larry. Thank you so much for those parting words. Uh, Folks, again, uh, you have Larry's information. Um, If you weren't able to write it down, uh, Larry, can you actually repeat that email one more time for us? Sure. It's Larry, L-A-R-R-Y dot Nisenson, N-I-S-E-N-S-O-N at genworth.com. You can also find me on LinkedIn and Twitter, um, and I'm happy to communicate uh, on those platforms also. Thanks everyone for tuning in to another episode of Pop Health Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed today's episode, and if you have and want to check out other episodes, visit us at pophealthpodcast.com, iTunes or Apple Music, Spotify, Stitcher, and now YouTube as well. Take care.